Hi, welcome to LISD's Digital Dish, the podcast hosted by Julia Solnick and Michael Vick, two of LISD's instructional technology facilitators. We will be discussing the latest digital innovations, dilemmas, and solutions for your classroom and beyond. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information. Join us as we banter, debate, and decipher the technology offerings of LISD and beyond. Hey, welcome to episode four with Michael Vick and Julia Solnick coming to you from a portable in Southridge. This is actually P1 in Southridge. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to give it an official title, it yeah. would be the P1 of Southridge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. P1 at Southridge. <laughs> and we're here to talk to you about your favorite, our favorite, digital, some digital learning concepts and ideas. This is, of course, the digital dish. And oh, we, we forgot to do that. We did forget to say that, Michael. Okay, this is the, the digital, digital dish. dish. <laughs> now go. that you have your official introduction, yeah, we're, we're going to be kicking this off. And I'm going to go ahead and start here just by talking about my moment with... Sit back and relax. It's time for a moment with. My moment here is talking about end of the year. And especially in grades that are testing grades, we have a tendency at the end of the year to want to make it fun and engaging and let the kids relax a little bit, I guess, maybe after all of their testing. Make, and it, make it bearable, too. Like yeah, bearable. Kids, they need, they've just been sitting there. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times they've been really working really hard and preparing for their star tests, and they're just they're ready to just kind of let loose a little bit. And do yeah, fun. and and it's important to remember that even though it's the end of the school year and you may have gotten your testing done, that you still have the opportunity to engage your students with really meaningful lessons, meaningful lessons with content and meaningful lessons with technology as well. And not only do you wanna make sure that you're engaging your students with meaningful lessons content and technology wise, but you also wanna think about it in the reverse way as well. If you're spending all this time making your lessons highly engaging at the end of the year to capture your students' attention, how come you can't do that at the beginning of the year yeah. too? So I it's kind to, of a double, a, a two-way street for that kind of thinking. Yeah, when I was when I was teaching math, they always saved the financial literacy unit until after STAR. And you know, I used to tell my students, I said like, look, if I, if I really had my choice, I would choose to teach this all year because I, I see how this is 100% relevant no matter what career you go into because everybody has to deal with finances. And I mean, I really felt like I got behind those lessons way more than I did because I didn't feel like I had to word things the way Star would word them, like my questions and just the thinking. I could actually make it a little bit more real. But I found that the kids, they were way more engaged, even though it was a time of the year when it was easy to not be as engaged. And I just put my heart more into those lessons and the kids felt it and they put their heart more into the learning. I could learn that lesson too, where I could, where I feel like maybe I could have done more of that during the school year too. It's it's the teaching with a passion in this, the same way that you know in elementary school as a fourth grade teacher I was self contained, but I loved teaching social studies, and so my social studies lessons I thought were always super creative. I had all these wonderful ideas of how to teach those concepts, and then the subjects that I wasn't that into I kind of let 
maybe slide a little bit. Using that passion and that creativity throughout the year, not just at the end of the year, but also making sure that at the end of the year, your lessons are meaningful and you're not just doing something because it's fun. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, doing stuff fun, I want to talk a little bit about, we're going to move on to District Highlight. What is going on in LISD? It's time for District I want to talk a little bit about resources that you can utilize to make some of those more fun, engaging lessons, but also keep them on the content that you're supposed to be teaching. And uh, that's that's my job. My career is uh, I'm an instructional technology facilitator. ITF. What? You are? I am, yeah. I'm not like <laughs> the tech guy. I don't go fix things, which is what a lot of teachers think. You know, I was a teacher, and I use technology a lot, and I really believe in it and so I decided to move into a career to help teachers use technology in the classroom not to fix things. There's also learning facilitators which know the content like the back of their hand. You know when I was a teacher I'm going to tell a story, story time. When I thought about like maybe moving up and becoming something else other than a teacher I asked my content facilitator and my instructional technology facilitator kind of what the options were and I honestly at that time did not know the difference. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know who was who. I didn't know, like, who I needed to ask my math questions to. I needed to ask my technology questions to. I just kind of, like, whoever came and said, hey, I asked them questions. And it was uh, it was, it was kind of confusing, but my content facilitator, Alexis Snyder, really clarified it for me and let me know what was, you know, what was what. And now that I'm in the career, I feel like I've—I just kind of feel like I was really dumb for like three years. Well, no, <sighs> no. Well, and, and considering this is the third year for the the positions, the way that are structured now, yeah. it took a little time to adjust and and learn because before under strategic design, it was kind of everybody did everything. But now with our positions structured the way that they are, it gives us a chance to really dig into our expertise and so that we have some pretty great knowledge levels in those areas of expertise. Nothing bothers me more when I get an email to help a teacher fix something. Now, And I don't mind if I have time and I'm there, I don't mind trying to help. But see, the thing is, is I don't want that tied to as something that I do. Because a lot of times, I don't know how to fix whatever it is they want fixed. And so then it looks like I don't know what I'm doing. And well, that's also, not really my job to begin with. It also slows down the process of when a teacher can actually get their devices fixed right, because yeah. they're not going through the proper channels. Right, yeah. If you put in a ticket, a lot easier to get fixed. I mean, if you can't get it fixed, they'll get you something that will work, like a new device or a new projector or whatever it is that's broken. And you'll get a, you'll get a much faster, better answer than if you go through me. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes, neither of us attended technical school where no. or engineering school or computer science school or yeah. any of those things. You know, another, another resource you have is your librarian. You know, they're librarian media specialists and they're hired to assist. I mean, they used to be teachers and then they got an advanced degree that is not about books. It's, it's about helping a library function, helping students learn to read. I mean, it's it's a much more advanced degree than you think, and they can, they are there to help as well. And they were obviously good teachers because they got a good reference to become a librarian, and those jobs are are low supply, high demand. So obviously they're they're a good resource for you as well. And they have that that media portion. They have a lot of 
great and wonderful things that they're doing with makerspaces and and library stations and it's not the traditional of what you think of library as walking in everybody sit down and read quietly in a corner and check out your books there's also a lot of tools that the library has that you may not know about like i know our librarian at hedrick has a bunch of ozobots the teachers are probably don't even know what those are Mm -hmm. you know and like there's all sorts of stuff that librarians have that you just don't know about and you just ask and they're happy to tell you because they want to help yeah definitely they're definitely a wealth a wealth of knowledge in that regard it's time for an oldie but a goodie so let's move on we're going to talk about an older tool I don't know how old it is but it's a good one you know I I don't know exactly how old it is either but this is a tool that I just really enjoy Um, and I don't think a lot of teachers know about it or have used it and that is called answer garden answer garden the short and narrow of it is it creates collaborative word clouds so what you can do with an answer garden is you pose a question and then you give the question a character limit so like a response limit for the students and the students are able to then go to a url that the answer garden creates for you it's answergarden.ch slash and then a set of numbers so a fairly easy url for kids to type in and follow and it takes those responses and combines them into a word cloud now the thing that i really like about this collaborative word cloud is that answers that you get more frequently become bigger in the word cloud so they kind of magnify and you can hover over those words to see how many students entered in those answers. So it's just another way for students to visualize, to brainstorm. Sounds like a good uh, bell ringer or warm up. Yeah, you know, definitely. You ask a question, maybe to review the day before or, or to access prior knowledge. Absolutely. Um, you know, great for brainstorming, descriptive words, adjectives, properties of things. And you can see then really easily by the words that are really small, maybe those are words that you need to go over more because the kids aren't coming up with them as easily. I have a question about Answer Garden. Mm-hmm. What are the terms of service? This is a great tool because the terms of service are wide open. Anybody can use it. Oh, so yes. you do not need to parent permission for it. The, the students are not giving any identifiable data. They're just entering in responses. They on don't a need to log field. in. They don't they need to, don't have need a to log in. Nope. No login, no username. So that's really nice. And then those word clouds can be tweeted. They can be downloaded. They can be printed. You can put them lots of places. I know that at the beginning of the year I always did an activity with my kids as like community builder we would actually do it through through wordle or some other form of word cloud making where we would decide what words were important for our classroom like respect friendship whatever kind of yeah. words might be important and then we would create a word cloud for it and I would have the kids sign it and that would be our classroom contract. Well, having something like an answer garden is a real quick way to have the kids import those important words and see the ones that really stand out to them. This is a tool that 
you don't use it for everything because yeah. it is a little bit more limited, but it doesn't take away the value for what it yeah. provides as, like you said, a, a bell ringer or an exit ticket or something to yeah. that. There are a lot of tools that have a lot of layers. Like you're trying, like Google Classroom, for example, right? Like you, there's a lot of things you can learn in Google Classroom. But Answer Garden, it's really simple to use. You just make it and you're good to go. And it's you not, share not it. a bit, yeah. not a very steep learning curve there. There's another good tool that I want to talk about. Wait, did you have something else to say no, about No, I was going to say, do you have an exciting tool oh, to Oh, I do. A very exciting digital tool. <laughs> It's that time again for the Digital Dishes Exciting Digital Tool. That actually does have a lot of layers and some learning involved, but it is a great all-encompassing tool, and it's called Canvas. Uh, Canvas is not a free tool, but the district has paid for Canvas, and secondary teachers next year are going to be expected to use Canvas, elementary school teachers the year after that. Yeah, we'll and, be using it in professional learning. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll as sign up. As a student. Right, yeah, you'll sign up for the classes, and yeah, you'll be using it as a, as a learner. But yeah, Canvas, I mean, I could, I could sit here and spend the next three hours talking about all the things you can do in Canvas. But what I really want to focus on is this idea that the classroom is no longer contained within four walls. I think Canvas really gives the teacher an opportunity to open up a world of learning outside the classroom. Like ki kids can go in, they can do assignments in there, they can do discussions in there. They can, as a teacher, you can provide feedback and not just like written feedback, you can annotate back and forth. I mean, it is, it is a really cool tool. You know, I used Canvas in grad school. Um, that was our LMS or uh, learning management system, not to be confused with library media specialists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the LMS we used for grad school and I really enjoyed it. I found it to be way easier to use and navigate than Blackboard because I've had experience in Blackboard as well. Um, I didn't feel as limited with file uploads and it integrated with my Google Drive. So yeah. I was able to submit with Google Drive. The app worked beautifully. All in all, I, I give it from a learner's standpoint, two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, teachers are, there are some teachers, pockets of teachers out there that see these kids with iPads and they wonder, oh, okay, now I need to go find out all the tools so that we can actually utilize the iPad in the classroom. And Canvas, there's an app. There's a teacher app, there's a student app, and there's a parent app. And if you haven't already figured it out, this iPad's expensive. And <laughs> it is something that, teacher, that students need to be using because it's an opportunity for them to learn something beyond just your basic math, science, and social studies. Well, well not only that, we're, we are a mobile learning society right yeah. now. We heavily rely on mobile learning. I, I know that when I... For instance, real life, I bought a car yesterday, and when I was using my car, I logged in on my phone to my car insurance. I logged in on my phone to my bank. I logged into my phone. I used my phone. Yeah. There was a computer sitting right there, but I used my phone. It's That mobile aspect of life is ever-present, and the iPad is an excellent way to train students how to use those mobile devices yeah. in an effective, yeah. productive they way. Need to, it's not always about, um, see, teachers are always like, well, how is this iPad going to help me reach content? Well, there's a lot of learning in itself that's actually required. There are technology standards for elementary and middle school, and they're embedded in the high school curriculum. And 
those are really hard to teach when you don't even use technology. Mm -hmm. Like how, I, it's, it's crazy. Like just think about all the skills that you need to know to use your phone. You have to know how to connect to Wi-Fi. If you have a Bluetooth device, you have to connect to that. You have to know how to use these apps, how to log in, and where to, where to save your login information. And it's just thing after thing after thing that kids are not going to be prepared for unless they are practicing them yeah. on a daily basis. And that's why the district has given every student an iPad. And Canvas is a great way that they will be in that mobile yeah. learning device using that tool. In the, the reality is when our kids leave high school, the majority of them will be engaging on learning online in some mm -hmm. form or fashion. Yeah. And preparing for them for that future is become part of the teaching job. It's critical that we prepare them for that. And Canvas is the way that we're going to rise and meet that yeah. challenge. Well, I think I think it goes a little bit beyond being just prepared because I think there are a lot of students that you can learn Canvas as a, from a student perspective, especially pretty quickly, because the interface is, is fairly easy. But it's giving our our students, LISD students, a leg up when they enter those those classrooms Absolutely. where they're using something like, even if it's not Canvas and it's some other like Blackboard or some other LMS, it's still like the whole the whole thought process of having my lessons online, turning them online, what kind of file I need to save it as, um, do I need to uh, do I need to change the share settings if I'm doing something in How Google do we engage effectively in online discussions? Yeah. And yeah. Even though that's not, like if I'm a science teacher, that's not science related, it is still learning that needs to happen to prepare our kids for the future. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So I hope you guys are enjoying and going to be digging into Canvas and are excited about it because yeah. we really are. I know I am. And, you know, secondary teachers are going to learn a lot about Canvas in their August trade day. Yes. So even though, there, like Answer Garden, we talked about how it's just easy to jump in and use, Canvas, it really, there really are some things that you need to know, like how to change your settings, how to put in an assignment, the different types of assignments. See, in Canvas, you can build a lot of stuff in there, and that really is going to be different than what you've done in the past. Now, it can be the same. Like, if you're a Google Classroom user, for example, you create, like, a Google Form quiz or something, and you can embed that into your classroom. You can also do that in Canvas. So the stuff that you're used to, you can still do, but Canvas offers a lot more, like, in-house tools that you can use. It does. It does, for sure. Canvas is going to be awesome. I really Great. do, and I think it's going to help change the mindset for a lot of teachers out there where it's not just about being in four walls. I think it's about opening up your your materials for kids. I agree. All right. I think that's all we have to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, that's going to be a wrap for today and, and I think a wrap for the 2017-2018 school year. Yeah, we are going to hopefully ramp up a lot more next year, have a lot more podcasts, yeah. and we'll talk more about that. See you later.